Hello? Hello? I can hear you. Hey, success. Here you are. <laughs> so, Yay, sorry about that. That's bananas. Hey, no worries. We, we got, got it figured out. out now. Okay, so let me start out by giving you a quick story. And I, it's it may take a weird turn, and I apologize for that, but it's the way that I wanted to kind of go with this, and then we'll uh, and then we'll get to to the meat of it, if that's all right with you. Oh, okay. Sure, so it's been super hot here in Southern California. Uh, it's our summers. That's typical. It's been hot, muggy, uh, and it makes it to the point where sometimes my wife and I will look at each other and think. Um, for the 45 minutes that we're going to try to enjoy ourselves, the air conditioning is not worth it. So why don't we just hold off until a day that it's cooler and then we'll find our way to one another and, and, and enjoy and enjoy each other. And so that means that sometimes three or four days will go by and there will be a lot of pent up, um, not aggression, a lot of pent up passion, uh, you know, within each other. So when yeah. we do get together, it is extremely intense um, to the point that oftentimes for me, whenever I am, you know, I am done, uh, I buckle and she gets a quick laugh because she has the power over making me buckle so much. And then that moment is so fantastic and passionate and, 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 and lovely that it's often ruined or undercut by the fact that now I have to look around the bedroom anywhere for something to clean up with. Okay. <laughs> so... I know that was a very long way to say that for a long time, and actually for a long time, I've always thought, you know, it'd be pretty smart if somebody just came up with in a dedicated item that when this was all said and done, we didn't, I didn't have to go to the hamper and look for an old t-shirt or, you know, whatever happens to be lying around. And so that is my very long way of saying I am glad that I met you online. <laughs> you know, your story is exactly my story and why we have the towels that we do. Because I couldn't find anything um, on the internet and decided to create my own for that exact reason. You know, and that's bananas because I think that as long as people have been having sex, this has been a thing. And I'm sure that in, in some capacity, I think that I read somewhere uh, along the lines that you had once upon a time had created actual monogram napkins for lack of a better term to deal with that. And uh, it, it, the, it just seems like such a gimme, like such an obvious product or, 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 or an answer to a need in the market, but that it's not really something uh, over the years that I have ever seen until, like I said, I, I stumbled onto you. Right. Now that's, Exactly. The, that was the same thing. But that's, one of the, that's where I kind of really wanted to kick start, you know, start off. With. So I have been in the real estate industry for a long, long time. And it typically caters to or it brings people in that have an entrepreneurial spirit. But real estate is something that people have needed forever. It's well established to a certain degree. It's a respected industry. Uh, it does tend to, at least on the residential side, it tends to... Uh, with women are, are a big component of it. We have a lot of female real estate agents. Uh, males uh, are in it, but they, they sometimes tend to go towards the more of the commercial side. But my whole point of saying that is that to be, to be a female entrepreneur in, in an industry is challenging. 
uh, being an entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneur at all is challenging, but being in, in, in any, you know, female, I think makes it a little bit tougher being a, an entrepreneur in an industry that society to a certain degree ma marginalizes. And although they use it, they don't take it seriously or they don't want to acknowledge it. That's gotta be very tough. And it seems to me that as a young person, um, you had you you had a mindset where whether you you were you know you you had the moxie or whether you were just naive but either way you said there I have a passion for something I have an idea for something I want to get into it uh, I'm going to do it by hook or by crook so let me go at it so I guess my question is could you take me a little bit through that mindset what what made you think I'm going to tackle this and I'm going to be successful at this? Sure. Um, well, like I said, we had used some, you know, monogrammed cotton towels um, that worked for a long time. And, you know, I didn't have to worry about like using my bathroom hand towels, you know, where a company comes right. over, they were dedicated towels. Uh, but, I, I knew I wanted something better because I spend, you know, $100 on lube or a vibrator, you know, some uh, component of right. sex. But for cleanup, you know, I'm using tissues or, you know, grabbing a pillowcase after after the moment. And, you know, so I um, started started looking at some stuff, started looking at material, did some online research. Cause I'm like, I just want to, this buy is something. just for personal use. Just for right. personal use. And, uh, I couldn't come up with anything that wasn't like a gag gift. Um, you know, like bachelor or bachelorette that said, you know, come rag. Right. And that's not really something I want my mother-in-law to find in my laundry. Makes sense. I mean, I'm, I'm not embarrassed, but you know, I, I'm an adult. I'm I'm all grown up. Um, so twenty, the year twenty sixteen was was a really rough year. I was working part time, and I knew about this need for after sex cleanup towels. And we kind of found some material that was like I think we're on the and right. When path. you say we, it's you and your husband. Right. Me and my husband. We had some friends that we were kind of bouncing stuff right. off on. Um, but we also had the name Companion, uh, which is taking, you know, C-U-M and Companion is like, this is a great name. This is a great idea. And in 2016, I really had to give myself um, a pep talk because I'm passionate about sex. I had a great idea, a great name. I have a sound mind for business and photography. And, you know, I just told myself, you know, it's, it's time to be... The CEO, my parents hoped I'd marry to be the author of um, my own right. story. And, you know, just take this as, as far as I can. You, you know, everybody always wants to really make it. Sure. But I, I believe in aftercare. I, I believe in, a, in this product. And really, you know, I've met so many incredible people through this business what I, I like I, i'm so i'm so happy right so this is a product that created for you but when do you start getting into the point of this is something real that i could actually create as a business and, and where does the seed money come from that 
when I realized how great the material I used and started talking to friends and um, we kind of started, okay, let's create something on the market because, you know, our friends were like, wow, this material really works. It's soft. I want to. I like how your description somewhere about how it was like a soft, like a kitten, which uh, to this point I have never, you know, used for, but I'm, I'm glad that you like that you have that as a descriptor. Right, right. Because it's it's kind of like um, the minky material that they use for babies. It's just like you touch it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is right. so soft. Uh, but I needed it to work because, you know, materials like silk or satin are not necessarily absorbent. And I know how much we come. I'm like, this thing needs to pull heavy duty. <laughs> But be luxurious, you know. And I think that's one of the things that I've appreciated about the the marketing that I've seen on your Instagram page. Uh, which, by the way, we'll have show, you know all of those in the show notes. But the fact that you that, that this doesn't come off, like you said, as a trashy or or something that you give to a friend, but they'll never really use in in, in their life. That, you know that they'll or they'll put away in a back drawer somewhere and they'll never come out. This is something that, as far as the misincent of a bedroom it could actually it's something that could be there and it could be unassuming but it doesn't take away or it doesn't scream to itself hey i'm a sex thing it's just it's 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 a it's a it's a fabric it's an item that it's for adults and it's and it's visually visually pleasing that's so i mean you just hit the nail on the head it is visually pleasing it's soft to the touch it's unassuming, so it can go in your laundry, and you know kids can find it or if they're helping with laundry, and you're like that goes in mommy's room, and it's it's not a big deal, but it is something dedicated for sex, both visually and functionally. The other thing is, and 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 I like your description of that because it's something that again that um, my wife and I have talked about over the years, the fact of how sensitive she is to certain things, and I know that you have. Uh, that, that you incorporate toys into your play, whether it's like with your husband or with others or, or, or just by yourself, and that you talked about the sensitivity sometimes of a raw, for lack of a better term, sex toy in yourself, and that that could be too much. And the yes. fact that you use the towel in, in, in an ingenious way to damper that. Um, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, because, you know, I, I like my pleasure but I don't want to be sore afterwards, um, whether it's using a, um, a special, you know, high power vibrator or, you know, if we're playing a little rough, you know, part of aftercare is feeling loved and cared for. And if you're feeling tender and you go to clean up, whether that's like with a wet wipe, that's going to be cold and wet. Um, an old sock is just not it's <laughs> it doesn't feel like self-love um it's not continuing the euphoria um that the body is in after a climax or after an experience either with yourself or with a partner and that's part of the aftercare that i want people to continue to yeah experience. that's like i said and that's kind of why the reason why i started with a very awkward story in the very beginning because it, it it's something that i don't think that is out there in the zeitgeist of the fact that you know, sometimes we view sex as a means to an end a lot of times, or it's a power thing, but it really is, is meant to be a pleasurable moment between the consenting people coming together, pun intended. Now, yes. I, I, one, of, one of the 
one of the things that I that I see, and and I think maybe you can talk about this, or at least you know we can we we can reference this, is the fact that uh, as a woman who I think as a woman who is self aware and who understands it and understands her own needs, obviously you've even gone to the point of creating a product, but oftentimes with men we don't see the value in something like this because again we 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 got the climax. Uh, we, we but we don't always extend the the fact that there are moments afterwards that can be, provide just as much pleasure that can that, that are still part of the dance of of, of love making, and having additional stimulus um, with something like the product that the, you know the towels that you use, I think that's that's important to have. But I don't think men think about that often. I agree. And that's kind of what my market has has discovered. Um, and, you know, this these are a luxury product. It's so easy to just right. grab a Kleenex and and be done. You know, that's I get it. We 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 did it. And that's part of the the thought that went into these towels is I didn't want cleanup to be like, OK, you have to get this um, spray that will turn, you know, the the lube or the liquid into a powder and then you brush that off. I wanted cleanup to be, you don't even really think about it. You just grab this towel, um, whether you're a guy or a couple, and it's just what you use. There's not a big to do. You don't have to put, um, you know, you, you don't have to make it a big deal. Now, did you do the Edison thing where you had to try different fabrics? Because I know that you speak on your website about the the importance of the, the type of fabric that you use. But did you have to go through like prototypes to get to, to what feels to do what's best do what's best answer for all of what you're trying to accomplish? We did. We did. Um, we use a lot of different materials. And then with those materials, whether it was microfiber or cotton um, the different thread counts, okay, how do they respond to water, lube, um, the different types of cum, how do they respond with squirting, uh, you know, because it's, it's, I wanted these towels for everybody, whatever your, your sex is, whatever you enjoy doing, it's, it's multi-purpose, and I, I needed a fabric that could appeal to everyone. Now, it's something just like you said, different types of cum. Um, that I'm aware of, I, I, well, I guess I'm only no one. What different kinds are there? Is it a viscosity thing? Is well, it a, what is it? Um, yes, both. Um, I think, you know, a man's cum is, is a little different. Um, and it, it certainly depends on the guy. Um, it doesn't, it's, um, what what I've discovered is that it's not quite as watery. Like it it can tend to stay on top of the okay. fabric. So I needed uh, fibers that would still cling um, to the fluid. Um, I know for myself it's a little wetter, and so I needed something that could hold that moisture um, without you know soaking right through or needing you know like a thick washcloth which is what I had already always used. Got it. Now, some of the, uh, the products that you have are much, so you have different sizes and maybe you can talk to me a little bit about <clears throat> what each size is for, if I got that correct. Yes, absolutely. So our smallest one is called a Playmate. 
and it's also an oval. Our signature shape is an oval because O for orgasm. (laughs) And I wanted them to stand out from the traditional bathroom hand towel. You you didn't want them to be so square. Right. Square, rectangle, you know, because these are a luxury item for sex. Um, The small one is about the size of a washcloth. I love that size for solo play or um, often my husband will use the playmate to clean himself up and I will have the companion, which is our medium size and about the size of a hand towel again, because that's what I was used to. Uh, But I will often have the companion under my hips and it's easy to flip the long side up and use it to clean myself. And then he can have the playmate. So we found that both of these together work really, really well. Um, However, we're playing. Um, If he's masturbating, he uses a playmate. If I am, I'll use a playmate. It's just a nice, small size. Now, let's talk about him for a second. Uh, From the standpoint of, again, going back to the entrepreneurial thing, I think that one of the reasons why a lot of people don't succeed when they're starting off in any kind of new business is because they don't have a good support system. They don't have somebody who believes in them. Uh, and therefore, they, they, they find that they have to do everything on their own. And without you know, that aid, it falls apart. Obviously, he's very supportive of this. But what role does he play in the business? Uh, does, you know, or, or does he do something else? So my husband has his own, his own job and career. Um, and he's very private about that, which I completely agree and support. Um, he's, he's out in the world and, you know, the pleasure industry is often, um, unfortunately frowned upon. Uh, so there's a lot of protection with just him and his career. However, you know, if I have, I, I am the one who, who runs the business. This is my business. Um, Anna Ray is is what I do. However, you know, I've, I've recently become an LLC. So I can come to him like, Hey, I have this tax question or, you know, I'm trying to, you know, should I make this big order now? Or do you think I should make a small one? So I have someone to, um, bounce things back and forth on the business end. On the business end. I also have, um, so I'm Polly, right. and and so my other partner, um, he's also part of this. He's a little bit more involved. Um, so on the day-to-day, you know, he'll come home and, hey, how are things going? Do you need help with anything? So I really have two guys um, who can help and support me if I have questions. Um, I have a girlfriend who I'm like, hey, <laughs> can you help me with the grammar? Can you help me with the wording? Um, and just that female perspective. So I have three people, a, a three-person support system. Wow. You know, but, but, you know, but at the end of the day, and, and I guess, you know, you're getting more than within most in the sense of, again, some people don't have any support, but you it seems like you have uh, at least three people that are confidants that are there and available to shoot ideas around. I mean, that's, that's pretty wonderful. And, and that sets you up to be creative that sets you up for have the freedom i think to to do what you want to do with your product and expand because you've said in other interviews i think that you want to grow this you want to make it bigger than what it is absolutely and you know 
the more minds, the, the greater the potential. All of this creativity and balance isn't solely on me. And I'm really, really grateful because they've got fantastic ideas and, and points of view and things I never would have thought of. Um, yeah. Now, looking through your Instagram feed, and I, one of the one of the photos that I, you know, came across that I that I really appreciated. It's a you know, and there's a lot of cheeky photos. I think you have a wonderful sense of humor. I, I complimented you on Twitter with, with regards to the composition that I think that I find for your for on your shots and the lighting. I think the lighting special, and it to, to the point where I thought it was professional. And I think you said something along the lines that you, uh, some are, but uh, the, some are really selfish. But there's a shot here of you on a bed holding, I think, either a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. And it's a very pensive shot, you looking off into the distance. And the caption says, Mr. Said, and I quote, Mr. Said, if I'm going to preach self-care, I need to practice it myself, taking time to enjoy my tea this morning, end quote. Oh, so let's talk about how you take care of yourself. Like, because you seem to be, you know, where you wear many different hats, both literally and figuratively, but how do you take care of yourself? How do you, uh, as an entrepreneur, what do you do to take it easy for lack of a better term? <laughs> no, that's, that's a great question. Um, it, it really is in a cup of tea and a good book. Or, or taking a nap, you know, yes, yesterday was, was a very busy day. Um, I had a number of meetings and it just got to the point where it's like, you know what, I'm, I'm not being productive. I'm getting frustrated. And I went and I laid down and I took an hour and a half nap, which, you know, kind of threw my agenda for the day, but it's what I needed. And having, you know, people in my life who are like, you know what? You need to take a nap. Right. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's okay to take time for you. And, you know, as I realized how important that is, it's something I want to encourage because I, I believe it is part of part of aftercare and, and self-love, which I'm huge on promoting. Um, self-love, self-care, and, and what is it you as a person need? You know, is it a moment for yourself? Is it a cup of coffee? What do you need for you to be okay? Now, you know that I mean that, that I think that's terrific, and it's something that I think it's good. It's good advice to have, especially again when you're trying to grow something from scratch. You you need to, or you're you're dealing with like you know with, with all the things that come at you and the stresses that come up with running a business, even one that's as pleasurable as yours. You still have to detach to some to some degree and think, well, where am I in all this? Because I got into it for a certain reason. Am I losing my way? Am I losing my path? Maybe I need just to take a minute to recalibrate and get myself back to the reason for why I'm doing this. So that, that, at least to me, it resonates. Exactly. Now, on, on the flip side, you know, with somebody who, who you're dealing with product and you're dealing with uh, fabrics, you're dealing with all the different tools in the makings of, of making something like this. Is that something that um, A, the first question I guess would be, is this something that you're, you're fabricating yourself? And B, if you're not fabricating yourself and you're outsourcing that, but also if um, when you're dealing and you're ordering with things, have you found it a challenge with how vendors that you work with treat you because you are female or is that a, is that a non-issue? So the, the first question is I do manufacture 
all of the towels myself except for one of the colors of Companion. Um, our gray, our sleek gray Companion, um, I did outsource the making of that one to a local company in Austin called Stitch Texas. And they were, they are fantastic to work with. Um, you know, anytime I had a question or, you know, they're always like, hey, come see where we're at. They'd send pictures, phone calls, love them. Um, everything else I do myself. And the second question, um, my gender is sometimes an is. issue. Okay. Um, because, you know, sometimes it's just, it's just a girl asking questions mm. and, um, I don't get responses right away. Um, and so then that's where, um, one of my partners has been able to, you know, not, not step in, but initiate, Hey, you know, we're checking on this, this item, you know, so-and-so on behalf of Anna Ray. And it's, it's interesting sometimes how having a man send an email can get responses right away. And, and then, you know, the two men have this correspondence back and forth. Um, you know, I, I put on my correspondence that I'm the founder and owner, um, you know, and sometimes that works great. A lot of people are like, oh, you're the owner, so you are invested, you, you care about this. But sometimes uh, people are, are more willing to talk to another mm -hmm. guy. Um, so I am really grateful for the, for the support group that I have uh, because we are getting things done together. But it's also kind of like, I know what I'm talking about and, and I just want to work with you. <laughs> and I want to give you my money. Um, and I want to, yes, you know, I'm, I'm a nice person. Right. Um, no, like I said, I think that that's one of the challenges. I, I mean, I've seen that with other people that I've worked with. Um, I happened to, again, on Twitter, uh, found uh, a gal that uh, started her own lingerie company. And, uh, but that's one of the things that she was working with. She was having difficulties with is the fact, like you said, that when she made the phone call or when she sent the correspondence, sometimes it was taken as, oh, well, you're probably an administrative assistant or you're somebody that helps there. Yes. You're not the person who's in charge and who eventually is going to write me a check. And I think that's, that's silly, but I, the, the, I think vendors and, and people that supply need to be aware that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of entrepreneurs there do don't have something between their legs, you know? Right. Right. And yeah, I've been to a number of vending events and it's interesting because often the women will be more comfortable talking to me like, okay, how do I use this? What do I do? Um, but there's a lot of guys who, you know, I usually take one of my partner's, along and the guys will talk business together and you know how did this start and, and all of this and you know I, i'm here right um you know and, and he can certainly answer and does a fantastic job we make a great team um but it it can be sad to be overlooked because i'm a girl i can i can just imagine but i i think one of the important takeaways at least for me is the fact that you do have again coming back to that support system is the fact that at the end of the day you need to provide a product you have your eyes on the price and by hook or by crook you're going to figure out a way using the resources that you have to make it happen it sucks yeah. that they don't that they may not take you seriously but ultimately your clients or your customers are not going to see that you know part component 
Right, right. Hey, I have the material. I have the product. Here we go. We got now this. that happens in a lot of aspects of life, but or business. But another component, I think, and you tell me if I'm wrong, is the fact that again, um, uh, because of the internet and because of the access that we have in it. If I were to look at your Twitter account, which I highly recommend people do, or your Instagram Instagram account, you, you are not quote unquote shy. I think you're classy about what you post, but certainly the photos are alluring and beautiful and 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 fun to look at. But because anybody does have access to them and can have access to them, do you think that plays a part in how people interact with you on the, in a business sense? I'm sure it does. Um, I do try and keep, you know, my photography uh, business professional. I'm not a cam girl, um, but it is a sex product. Right. If you had to skirt a fine line, I think. Uh, yes, yes, it's it's a very fine line, um, and so I I try and be aware of that, but maintain you know on my business side, you know being very professional, being very polite, being open, um, and you know here we are three years right. later. I'm on a podcast with you. I've got three products. Um, you know I've got some things in the works. So you know at the end of the day. It's a good day. It is. Now, do you think that, it, 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 you know, go, going back a ways, back in the day, you know, and I think I'm a little, a few years older than you are. Uh, I certainly look it. Uh, my liver, my liver yeah, for sure is. Um, but, <laughs> you know, the, when I, when, when I was in my early 20s, I got most of my advice from men's magazines. Uh, and I bought any products that I would ever buy from Adam and Eve, uh, which I think they're still around. Yeah. Right. But it was all very catalog based. Do you think that your product would have succeeded back in the 90s and the early 2000s? Or do you think because social media, you have access to, you know, a completely, well, you, you had that to a different market that you weren't of before? I certainly believe it is an asset today because I'm selling direct to consumers, um, directly to the people. So there isn't. Um, a markup. Um, I try and keep my prices, you know, what I would want to spend. Um, but even still, you know, I am trying to get into some of the, the bigger distributors. And it's, it's very tricky because sex cleanup towels are a luxury item. And not a lot of people, um, you know, again, anybody can use right. anything. So why spend money on this? Um, when a Kleenex is what a dollar twelve at ETB, um, and your shirt goes through the laundry anyway. So I, you know, the different companies that I have talked to have said that they've had sex cleanup towels before and they just didn't sell. Interesting. So I believe that with you know social media the way it is now, I do have an advantage because. I can sell directly to people and through word of mouth, you know, we're growing and I'm really grateful for that. Of having a business. So to a certain degree, working with people that you love and you care for it, because you said you were, you were, you're in a poly uh, relationship. I mean, what are some of the 
challenges that come with that? Because I think you talked about some of the positives. You have a support system. You have people that can help you out when you get into a jam. But what are some of the challenges that come with with that with mixing those two things together? Um, you know, sometimes uh, I'm dealing with material distributors on the other side of the world, which means that I'm working at 10 o'clock and 11 and, you know, people want to go to bed. Right. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there have been things that have come up, you know, there's questions of where's this business going? Um, you know, because it is a small business, it's not pulling in um, en enough to live on. For now. Um, so for now, mm -hmm. yes. Um, so there's the question of, you know, do I get a job? Do I help support my family? Um, and those have been some really difficult conversations. And are those um, conversations happening in a group dynamic? Um, in a group and, and individually, um, mostly, mostly with my okay. husband, um, because we are, we are primaries and it's our finances, you know, that we have invested in this business and, you know, it, it is our future and, you know, is this some, you know, is this entrepreneurial business? Oh, this was fun. Okay. We're kind of done with it. And I'm not, and, and having those conversations of this is something I want to keep doing and this is important to me. Yeah. And when you have a spouse, you know, those are, you know, every, and your personal finances are involved. Those are, those are hard conversations. Oh yeah. I mean, I've similarly here again, different industries, but you know, uh, it mirrors what we have here. I mean, the real estate market right now in Southern California is very, very challenging. And, you know, we have a family and mortgages and cars. And I mean, we, we're not right. extravagant, but we still have to live day to day. And when you're pursuing exactly. a dream, a worthwhile one, but you have the reality of the world, those are two things that th those are things that don't show up on the Instagram page, but they're still very real. And they, they got to be dealt with. Yes, yes. And and, you know, he's had the had the point of, you know, I'm supporting you in your dream. When do I, you know, get to have my dream and, and pursue that? And um, yeah, that, that doesn't show up on, on Instagram and, and Twitter. Uh, but those are conversations we have had. Um, we released our first water, completely waterproof towel, the Armour, uh, back in November, right before Christmas. And that was kind of a big turning point for Anna Ray because things, um, the business kind of started to take off more uh, because we discovered this, you know, people need a waterproof towel. Our, our companions are great for cleanup. And, and like I mentioned earlier, I use the companion underneath me and that's great. But if you're having a lot of play or like you mentioned, it's hot and sweaty, um, the waterproof towel is fantastic for that for squirting and there's no changing of your bed sheets and we found that people were so responsive to this product um and you know once they found that product they're like oh well we'll try the companion right. or the playmate and you know word spread and my husband i think really saw okay this 
this business does have a future and it's, and it's going somewhere and there is response and a need. Uh, but there were hard conversations in there. And it, and it tests. I mean, that's one of the challenging things. And again, uh, because I, I think that's one of the troubles that a lot of conventional marriages have and then, you know, other partnerships have is the fact that we don't have really good dialogues, healthy dialogues when it comes to money. Either couples don't address them. They think, oh, they'll go away on their own or they are in each other's throats about it. And I think that couples or, or you know, again, couplings that, that, that figure it out are those that can have sober conversations about very difficult, touchy subjects like money and think it's not, I, I believe in you, but I need to have boundaries, um, you know, yes. or, or when is the cutoff point? And, and, and on, on, on the creative side, on the, 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 the knowledge of this will work, we just have to give that. And we, doing that on one's own is difficult. Doing that with another person is, it's tough. It's very tough, you know, and, you know, when you have somebody who loves you and you love them and, you know, being the entrepreneurial one, you're kind of like, am I crazy? Is this, is this a crazy endeavor? Um, what, you know, what are the costs? What is this costing my family and, and the stress to my family? Um, but we've had, we've had very good conversations and, you know, we are seeing, uh, the rewards, but also the connections with people and communities that we never would have known about or been able to be part of. And, and we both. Yeah, that's that. the great component. I think as far as, again, I'm not sure where we, we found each other on, on Twitter, uh, but I'm glad that we did uh, first and foremost, but you know, the fact that you do have through that uh, environment uh if you get away from all of the noise and all of the politics and not so much the cat videos, I'm okay with that. But, but <laughs> if you, there really is a community. And I think that one of the things that I want to touch upon is the fact that here in my small town, we always have these small, small uh, shop, small kind of days, like, you know, go support our local businesses. Don't go to the big box stores. If you can help it, you know, go to the local restaurant or go to the, you know, the, the, the local toy store, whatever. But I, but what I've found because of the internet is that small shops, small, it has expanded ironically to the fact that it, it gives me, it would, it gives me great pleasure again to um, purchase lingerie from a gal in Florida because she started up this business and it's small for her, but I now have access to her because of the, the promotion that she can do online. So I'll go ahead and get it for her because, you know, it's, it's a sacrifice for me to buy lingerie for my wife, uh, but I'll, but I'll do it gladly or, <laughs> or, right, or, right. or, or, you know, a, a company like yours who happens to be in Texas, but because of the, you know, the ease of shipping and, and the access of the internet, you can support a, a, a small company who's going places. And, and I don't know that, that before we have access to that. And I, I think that's great. You know, that plays back to, to your question about how would this business have done, you know, back in the 90s or 2000s, because we didn't have the access and the resources that we do fully now, you know, most of my options would have been a brick and mortar and you just, you know, that's, that's a huge investment. And, you know, there are, there are a number of pleasure stores in town. So how do you differentiate yourself, especially when you have one product 
you know, and so then you do get to connect, you know, then you become a distributor for all these other products and then you're just a toy store. So how do you get people into your shop? But like you're saying, because I'm online, because this gal is in Florida, we can cater directly to the people. We can interact. We can talk. I chat with maybe 20 to 30 people a day. Uh, and it's like they're coming into my store and I get to interact with them. And that's, you know, Twitter and Instagram and my website. Definitely. And we just wouldn't have had that before. Now, are you visiting or do you go to any kind of expos? Yes. Um, we, I was in one in Houston um, in May. We've had a couple here in Austin. Um, I have not been able to travel around the United States yet, but that is always a dream of mine. There's um, a number of places in Chicago, uh, New York, New Jersey. I know there's several in California. Um, I would love to be able to have the opportunity to connect with so many people um, and also spread, you know, my aftercare towels and, and about my business. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I've gone to, you know, mostly real estate conventions, but I've gone to conventions everywhere else. And I've always found it interesting as, you know, going as an expectator versus as the person who's actually working behind the booth. I mean, I'm sure that it's a lot of fun, but it's got to be some super long hours. It is. It is. But, you know, you get to meet people and everybody's reaction is different. And a lot of people want to share their story with you. And I love that. You just, you get to talk to people about sex and their experience and laugh with their funny stories and, you know, share some of yours. Like, yes, we've had to change the sheets at 2 a.m. And nobody likes that. No, don't they don't. <laughs> you know? um, I mean, I'll just flip the mattress over. That you can, you can get yourself a nice set of towels or you can just flip the, the cushion and, uh, and, and, and break your back in the middle of the night right knock over the lamp you know well we knock over the lamp during the the event so it's already broken i mean i don't want to brag or anything but i mean it's now how do you because from what i've understood and you don't have to get into detail if you don't care to but i know that you had a challenging family life early on and that you've had a break from them to some degree and 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 you're doing your own so how if and, and if i have that wrong please tell me but how do you, um, how do you, do, how does family life outside, you know, outside of, of your business, how do they deal with it? Are they comfortable with it? Or do you, do you have friction over it? What's, what's that like? So I grew up um, in an ultra conservative cult. Um, so the long, you know, long dresses, long braids, all of that. Um, I had, we kind of had, um, an arranged marriage. There was a courtship. Wow. uh Uh-huh. Yes. Um, and when we got married, we both knew this wasn't exactly the life that we wanted. And we broke away from a lot of that, which was very tough for my, for my parents. And even though I think from what you mentioned is that you were smitten with the guy the first moment you saw him. Yes, yes, yes. So we, we were childhood sweethearts. Um, I was 11 and he was 13 when we met, um, always had a massive crush on him. Um, but it was all very much orchestrated through my parents. Like we weren't really 
allowed, our families got together, but we weren't really allowed to talk to each other. Um, and especially when we were allowed to court, we always had a chaperone, um, even through when we were engaged. Um, you know, we always had a younger sibling with us. So that makes it really difficult to have conversations about what you want in your future and what you believe when you have a sibling who's going to go tattle to mom and dad. Yeah. You know, Anna doesn't want a, a bunch of children. And then I get, you know, why don't you want kids? And it's like, that's not what I said. Um, so we did get married and, uh, it, it's, it was difficult because I got a job. I didn't stay in the home. Was that um, expected? We, wow. yes, yes. It's, it's very, very much of a barefoot and pregnant and in the kitchen mentality. Um, and I, I'm the oldest of 11, 10, 10 children, um, so I grew up as the oldest, you know, baking bread and, you know, homeschooling and kind of did all of that. And I wanted a different life. So there was friction over that. Um, I decided not to homeschool my own children. So there's friction over that. But then, you know, and I tried, I tried the good Christian girl thing. I made new recipes and sewed curtains and, you know, had a blog and had bleach blonde highlights and, and try, you know, and it's miserable. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, starting, you know, I, I, I love sex. I'm very comfortable talking about it. And when I started Anna Ray, there was, um, and, and using myself as a model, which is very against what I was raised to believe, um, you know, that's, to my family, very much porn and putting myself out there when it should only be for my husband. Um, my family does not know that I am bi or poly. Uh, just because, you know, when the, when the business started, there's, you know, I, I lost relationships with friends, with many of my siblings, um, with my mom, you know, and there's a lot of other things that go into that. Um, so my family really doesn't have a whole lot of contact with me. Um, I'll send birthday cards. You know, I'm, I'm still here. I get where they're coming from, but I really believe in this business. I love the people that I've come to know um, personally and as a business. I'm very pro-LGBTQ plus positive. That's very important to me. Um, I have an adopted niece who's trans, an adopted nephew who's pan. They're wonderful, wonderful people. Um, and that's very hard for conservatives to understand. And you're in Texas. Is it a conservative part of Texas yes. or is it a more liberal? Um, so I'm in okay. Austin and it's actually a very, very um, kink and lifestyle positive area. It's kind of like the only blue, one of the few blue spots in Texas. Um, so I've, I've lost friends and family, but I've gained friends and family. That's the thing about life. It, it, you know, there's the do's, dims, and dales, and uh, it tends to balance itself out. By the way, I just booked uh, you know, tickets to Austin for no particular reason. I just thought it might be fun. <laughs> nice no Austin's great Austin's I've been amazing. only to San Antonio so that's all I've really ever known about Texas 
okay. You know, and my yeah. my wife is not a Dallas Cowboys uh, type of girl, so uh, selling her on Texas might be tough. But now that we know this, I will have to call her. There you go. Yeah, no, it's it's got to be really difficult, and I'm sure there's countless stories. There's other podcasters that I listen to here who have had breaks with their religion. Um, there's this uh, great podcast called Latter-day Lesbians that I listen to, and they talk about being part of the Mormon church and the steps that they, that one of the, uh, one of the, the ladies in the, in, in the show, what, what she had to struggle to get through it. And I think it's, it's very difficult for someone to break from what's been indoctrinated when they were very, very young. And I know it's something that we struggle here as a family because I was raised Catholic um, my parents are very conservative Catholic in, in the fact that, um, although I think I'm still pretty vanilla, vanilla, the fact that I wanted to always have conversations with interesting people. And I did not want to let their sexuality or, or you know, affect the fact that people can just come together and have a, a dialogue. And yeah. uh, and I appreciate yes. whenever I find that. And again, going back to social media, it, it, there's a lot of terrible things about it but one of the good things is again it led me to talk to some folks like you and and that's that's a virtue in my book a hundred percent absolutely um a lot of people i know or have gotten to know have had you know a very conservative background but then when they actually get to talk to people they're like oh you're a normal human being and it's like yeah Everybody's, you know, love is love. And it's, you know, people aren't as terrible as you were once led to believe. Um, but when every day is a, is a fight against, like you said, what's indoctrinated, you know, I can, I can recite huge chunks of the Bible. I know all of the religious answers, but it's not what I believe. So there is that constant battle of this is what I was told. I don't believe that anymore. And that came to you in your so early twenties, would you say? Yes, yes. Um, um, I've been agnostic for about the past five years, and had had questions beforehand. Um, but you know, it, it's everything's kind of a journey. So I'm kind of keeping my mind open, and you know, if people believe this or that. Awesome. That's wonderful. Yeah, I think I approach it from that, that standpoint, too. I try to be an amalgam of things, you know, uh, for instance, uh, Taoist teachings. And, and, and I think that there's some virtues and some things that are said in Catholic teachings. But I'm not a, I'm not I don't believe in God, but I think that there's some good lessons there. I, I think that it, it's it's a human there's it's a human book and, and humans are flawed, but they also have virtues. And so I take some of the good things from this religion and some of the good things of that frame of thinking and pull from many different places to eventually become the person that I am now. But like you said, keeping an open mind and, and allowing other thoughts and other ways of thinking that, you know, that, that help and make things better. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And, you know, you can have discussions. There doesn't have to be judgment and criticism between people um, of different points of view. You can all come together in a community. This is what I believe or this is what I think. And you're like, great. Or, you know, this is, you know, help me understand this or this. You know, you just have conversations with people without judgment. That's the beauty 
in life. Switching gears here for half a second, we, you know, we have uh, sex stores here in, in Southern California. We have them throughout, and, I'm sure, and they're, they're all over the place. And oftentimes, whenever my wife doesn't like to go into them, uh, I think it's more of, uh, even though these are not seedy places, like oh, on the side of an alley, you know, these are on like Hollywood, Santa Monica Boulevard, right. but still, it's not her, her, not her thing, and I don't push the issue. But whenever we used to go, there was always, there, there are always those couples that, don't look like they belong there from the standpoint of they look so clean cut and conservative, but you know that they're there and they know what they're looking for. And what it led me to believe back in the day is that couples, there's, there's always a need. There's always a want who the heck knows what they do in their bedroom. And and it's all good again, as long as it's consenting adults. But I think that there's the vanilla life and then there's, you know, which is the preponderance of what's out there. You know, everybody lives in in, in, the, in these, you know, made believe like, no, nobody's really touching each other, but we all are. So I guess right. my question is, how do you appeal to those folks, the ones that are who, who in, the, in, the, in the forefront saying, we, you know, we are the uh, Stanford kids or no, what is the Stepford uh, family, but in the background, yes. they are getting it on. So how do you appeal to them? Are they out there? Do they reach out to you? Do you talk to them? Yes, I do on a, on a daily basis. Um, and I think, you know, that's part of the community that I'm interested in and want to reach out to because, you know, I've, I've been that couple and that's part of the reason for the design and the the look of my towels because I wanted something that a heterosexual couple would feel comfortable buying for the woman who doesn't shop for sex toys or lube. um, She's still having sex and I want her to be comfortable. I want her to be comfortable talking to her girlfriends because we all kind of talk, um, you know, whether you're on your period or you're having sex, you know, these conversations often come up and I wanted, you know, this woman to be able to say to her girlfriends, well, actually I have, you know, this playmate sex cleanup towel and it's really great. And here's a website if you want to look at it on your own, you know, so it, it can be a conversation between women but sex is, is beautiful and there are amazing kinks. And I want to reach out to that community too, because it, and that was the reason for a lot of my research, like with lubes and stuff, because there's such a beautiful variety. Um, so if you're in a, in a dungeon or an adult theater um, or doing a scene, you still have cleanup. And I want you know, these professionals to be able to use a product that makes them look good, looks good in a scene. Um, but a housewife is also very comfortable using in the privacy of her home. Wow. I mean, that's quite a spectrum. I mean, it's, it's, that's, a, it, that's a compliment. I mean, it's, it, it's one of those things you realize that there is such a big need for it. Um, you know, but we found you know, whatever, you know, closest to our hands uh, to, to you, you know, to use, but there could actually be something that could, you know, could, could, uh, like what you have that could be a real help. Yeah. 
like, you know, these are small and light enough that we keep them in our bedside table, you know, with an easy reach. You don't have to think about it. Grab it, use it, toss it in the laundry. Now, else. this is something dumb and, and I don't know. And I guess I should have enough experience to be aware of this question, but I haven't. Does semen stain or does uh, vaginal fluid stain? Um, I don't know that I haven't experienced that it, it stains. There can be a spot that stays in your sheets until you wash it. But what I have experienced is everything washes out in the wash. Okay. (laughs) You know, that's one of the worries that I always have whenever, that's why I don't use white shirts whenever I'm cleaning up because I'm always worried that I'm going to put this on later. I'm going to go on a run and then I'm going to have this a basic instinct moment where a blue light's going to shine on it and everybody's going to know that I use that you know, shirt for that. So <laughs> that's, I guess that's the reason why I'm asking that question. I mean, I know it dries. I mean, when I'm doing laundry here during right. the middle of the day, every now and then I go to put something yeah. in there and I hear the crackle of a shirt because it's dried overnight. I, I, that's a, right. you know, a good problem for a different day. But again, the staining is the one that I think would be more obvious. You know, I, I have not, that's a good thought. I have not tried a blue light after washing something. Um, I guess everything always comes out, you know, smelling like roses. fresh and, and yes, and feeling nice. Um, but I haven't had any issues with staining either, you know, like permanent staining on my sheets. And I use uh, gray or a cream color. Um, and I haven't had any issues with staining on my towels. Um, blood is, you know, very staining, but we found if, you know, you take a minute, rinse the towel out or throw it in the wash right away, we haven't had problems with staining. Now, when it comes to, and this is something that my mom used to work, it's it's weird, audible thing to say during the, you know, this course of podcast, but my mom used to work for a donut shop and every single day she would bring us donuts home. And we, when we first started out, we would you know, go to town on these things. But after many months of doing it, I grew tired of donuts to the point now as an adult that I can't really ever even finish one. I know oh, it's, no. it's, it's that terrible. So when you, <laughs> when you work in an in industry or in the industry that you're making for yourself, I mean, do you ever think, you know what? I'm going to go back to the towels or never mind that. You know what? I'm just not in the mood for, for sex right now because I deal with it all day. Does that ever happen? Um, it does occasionally, but um, I can, I can flirt and, and talk about sex uh, all day long. But, you know, my husband um, and I have had conversations where he's like, oh, you must be turned on all the time. And I'm just not in the mood tonight. And it's like, no, I still need foreplay. I need a personal connection with you. I want to know how you're doing. I want us to play. I'm I'm not just like, bam, let's get it on. And granted, sure. there are all those days. Like, don't don't get me wrong. Um, but I'm very comfortable you know, I, I, I think maybe because I was so sequestered growing up that some of this I'm still just learning and exploring and discovering my sexuality, but I'm very comfortable talking about it all day. And, you know, then being able to be intimate with my partner 
or have fun or, you know, I hear about different kinks all the time and, you know, like wax play. That's maybe something I wouldn't have experienced on my own, but knowing and talking to people, it's like, you know what? I want to try that. And I've heard Mm -hmm. from you that you don't want to use regular candles, folks. You want to use. No, please do not. You can scald people. I have a girlfriend who has um, some permanent scars from uh, regular wax candles. Um, Candles by Kitten has a huge variety of candles. They're beautiful. They're inexpensive. Please use them. Use kink wax candles. Please. Now, what is the, is that the, is that the stinging, the slight stinging of the heat when it touches, or or is it more of it running down parts of the body? I mean, what is what is the component that you? And I know that that might be hard to you know phrase it, but what is it that you find alluring about it? Um, you know, I've always enjoyed like when a candle's lit, sticking my fingers in the wax and playing with it. Um, so this is kind of like an adult version of that. There is a pain component. Um, it's kind of this naughty, dangerous thing. You know, you're never supposed to, to play with wax and candles. And now as an, as an adult, you get to. And there's kind of a, a high and a, and a naughty, sensual side of it um, that can be a turn on. I know for a lot of people, it is the pain um, side that is attractive. Um, but then you get to be this beautiful work of art and we take pictures and it, it, it's just, there's, there's this whole thing with wax play. Now, I, I think I could do better than that, although that, it might be too intense for, for our listeners, but I'm going to describe mine. And that's when I take Elmer's glue and I put it in my hands and rub it together and let it dry. Yeah. I used to do that when I was a little kid and it was the coolest thing in the world, but I'm a weirdo. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> No, there are, there are things we're, we're, we're uh, sensory people. What, what feels good? What is, is rough? What do we like to play with? Wax is one. Um, and that's also a component for my towels because they're super soft and, and we often have a need. Oh, this is soft. I want to touch this. I want to rub it on my face. And that's one of the component components about these sex towels. You want to touch them. Yeah, no, I mean, it, that's one of the, when I, when I was reading the descriptions on, on the website and I was thinking of it, again, I, I think of feathers or I think of, you know, I, I'm more of a, I, I, I don't like to get hurt. I'm very much a, you know, I, I feel nice. It's one of the reasons why whenever I go to very nice, expensive hotels, I judge them by how the sheets feel in the beds, you know, because they're, yes. you know, and yes. I love the you know, holding on to pillows and stuff like that, because you're right. That's, it's very comfort and very soothing for me. So in that sense, having a, a companion piece to, to what you do that, that gives you that pleasure, that heightens that, that, that pleasure. I mean, it's, well, they, again, that's why it's important to shell out the extra dollars to, to have something like that for yourself. If you really want to treat yourself to it. I've had, and I've done this myself with, with, my husband and my partners, but I've had um, customers tell me, you know, hey, I, I put the towel between my legs, I rolled over and I fell asleep <laughs> and woke up with it still there. And, you know, it was amazing and soft and I didn't even realize it was there all night long. I'm like, exactly, because it's it's soft. It keeps you in that in that mood. You don't have to get up and go to the bathroom, although women should absolutely please go use the restroom after um, after sex. 
Um, but you can, you know, just stay in that beautiful moment and, and not have to worry about the sheets or sleeping in the wet spot and just fall asleep with a towel between your legs. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. Now, from the standpoint of sexuality, going back to that for half a second. Now, you, you talk about being bis- bisexual, but you also this you talk, you talked this you said a second ago that you're still exploring. But going back to bisexuality, when did you know you were, or in in and if it was earlier on, how did you grapple that with the the, the family environment that you were part of? Um. So growing up, porn is very much a sin, and basically you'll be, you know, struck blind or hit by lightning and, you know, die a terrible death, um, or it's, it's cheating on your future spouse or something like that. Um, so the way that I was able to explore things was through uh, Renaissance oh. art, because a lot of it shows nude models. And many of them are female. And visually, uh, that is a huge, um, the female body is a huge turn on for me. Um, So when I would look at um, porn or nudity, it was often these old paintings um, or black and white pictures of of women. so then, you know, be being married to a guy, love being married, love guys. Um, but it was four or five years ago that, you know, we kind of had the opportunity to um, together do some exploring. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I really, I really do like girls. Um, so that was a conversation that like, that was I a like conversation porn. that you had with your husband uh, f- as far as I'd like to take some time to explore or how did that develop? Um, no, we've we've always um, explored together as a couple. Um, it's not been an open marriage where you go explore and I'll go explore. It's something that we've just taken very, very slowly yes. um, and and always always together how do you how do you start um, a, how do you start conversations about new explorations and the, and the reason why i'm asking that i think that it's i know that for instance whenever my wife and i are going to discuss x topic we have our wind up when it's something that is going to be serious but it's not life you know changing but but we want to discuss it so we kind of go through our dance of okay i, I need you to not be silly about this, but again, this is not the end of the world, but we need to talk about this. Now, you're discussing sexuality, which a lot of to, a lot of men find abrasive to talk about because they feel it's a judgment onto themselves about them. So how do you both start dialogues about that? <laughs> okay. Well, you know what the great <laughs> lubricator, great. Right. Um, well, and the it, yeah, it's tequila, whiskey, yeah. bourbon. Um, but you know, some of those conversations kind of just came up. Um, you know, some some of the conversations started playing um, the game Cards Against yes. Humanity, which brings up some crazy yes. stuff. And you know, we had a lot of fun nights with friends and. 
you know, that game or, or just, you know, having conversations kind of in the, in the dark, having a drink, you find people you can open up to and, and say, you know, I'd kind of like to kiss a girl and I'd kind of like to watch you kiss a girl, you know? And so then you just kind of have some of these very small conversations. Um, You talk to friends, you know, good friends about either what their experience is or, you know, kind of a truth or truth or dare is usually more truths, you know, would you, um, you know, what would you like to experience? What would you like to try? And then just having, uh, you know, I'm trying to remember, but I don't think we ever really had a fight or, or hard discussion where we couldn't be open. Um, You know, it, it was just, there, there were very, very natural and again, very slow, just, I'm, I'm interested in this. Oh, you are cool. Um, you know, we, we started looking at porn together. You know, this is, this is what I like. Well, this is what I like and exploring those things together as a couple. What are the, what are the ethics that you guys use as far as exploration or, or searching? Because you said, you, you know, you're, you're not, um, you don't do things separately. It's, it's, it, you know, but for instance, you probably on, in your day to day have more dialogue with people than not. And those may or may not lead to possible interactions. What are the ethics of that? Like what kind of conversations do you have about your, your ground rules? If there are any. Um, so right now um, we are in a closed quad. So that means we are not playing with other people. Um, you know, when, when I meet with people or I go to events, um, because I enjoy it, I take somebody with me. Um, I'm, I'm actually more of an introvert in person. And so having, having a wingman is, is my go-to. Um, so we have in the past, you know, very much had conversations of, we are still a couple we still have a marriage. We respect our values and and our vows. This is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I'm not comfortable with. And anything that we felt would jeopardize our marriage or family wasn't worth the you know hour of fun it might have been. Um, so there was you know playing around, but nothing for a long time ever intimate um, but now we're with this couple we had lots of conversations with them what are you comfortable with what are we comfortable with um, individually what am I comfortable with and so they, just an, an awful lot of and their primaries to each other I'm assuming yes yes that's yes. the crazy part for me again uh, my parents were sheltered us when we were kids and uh, and for a long time uh, especially in my 20s early 20s um, my wife, my wife and I met and we dated and we had this wonderful courtship. And, and then of course we got into the parenting stage of things. And so, you know, you put a lot of things on hold because you're trying to make sure that these little things stay alive long enough so that you can yell at them later. Um, you know, right. and, and now we're getting into our forties where all of a sudden we're starting to have dialogue again about 
who are you? Who am I? What are we growing into together? Because that's the, our plan. We want to be with each other because I, I, I think she's the bee's knees. I think she's awesome. And, and I hope she thinks the same about me and we want to you know, be together. But there's things that I, we, I want to explore. There's things that I want to do and, and, and vice versa. And so we, but right. the, the whole point of saying that is that all of a sudden, because I've always had an interest in, in, in tops, in sex and in, 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 in topics regarding it, not from the standpoint of doing anything, but just understanding, because I think it's fascinating, but all of a sudden I have right. to, I've had to learn so many different terminology <laughs> and, and so much, yes. the, the spectrum is so wide. And I think that's what I've come to realize is that it's sad that the 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 paradigm that's out there is that we have this binary world of vanilla people and not and i and i think that it's it's yeah. so mixed it, they're so intermingled yes. um and that's the good thing about tequila is that sometimes it helps you you know cross those boundaries it does yes yes um you know every everybody is always going I think they say it's something like every seven years you you really change your philosophy and and who you are and being aware of that in a marriage that's something that my husband and I try really hard to hey how are you how are you doing what are you learning how are you growing Um, I have grown very very quickly away from what we both grew up in and so sometimes that has caused not necessarily friction but, you know, he's, he's learning and, you know, what does he think and what does he believe? And it's not a catch up because we don't have to be equal in everything we think and believe. Um, but there's a lot of conversations about, well, this is something I'm interested in, or this is something, you know what, I'm, I'm not interested in. And it being okay with each other because we love and respect one another. And the thing about being poly for us is we were always told, well, you can only love one person for the whole rest of your Mm. life. And I, I do believe that there are people who can do that hundred percent. Yes. But you don't have to only love one person. And a lot of the poly example that's given is, you know, you can only love one child like, well, no, you, you love both your children equally or all 10 of them, you know, um, you don't love just one parent necessarily. And the idea being that more love, you know, giving more love, you can receive more love. And I have more love and support, not less because I love more than one person. You know, but it's, yeah, no, I mean, and I think that's, to some degree, the irony of how you grow up versus where you're at now, because I'm sure that the, the, where you were growing up, and I could be wrong, but where you were growing up, they also talk about love and they had their own definitions of love. But it ended up yes. being, in my opinion, more exclusive than inclusive. Uh, and, yes, very much You know, so, so it's interesting. And, 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 and I hope, and I do think that society is changing. Uh, you know, I always point to television, you know, the stuff that I watch with my kids, you know, when I was growing up, we had a handful, if that of gay characters on TV, never mind anybody else outside of that. Um, 
Right. And I was watching one of the CW shows with my kiddos that they love, you know, one of their uh, superhero shows. And they have gay characters uh-huh. and they have bi characters and they have characters that don't really have, are, try, are trying to figure it out. And then they have breakups. And, 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 and to my kids, when I speak to them about that and I ask them, I go, what do you think about this? Like, well, that's just the way that it is. It is the way yeah, that it is for, very, yeah, very it is normal. the way that it is for them. But I have the virtue of contrast or not the virtue, but the, the, I, I can contrast it with how I grew up. And I know that that would have driven my dad bananas. I mean, yes. you know, it, it's, to, yes. he, he was always looking at the, uh, you know, the, the United States as Gomorrah and, 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 and you know, it's, and, yes. and, and it's not, it's, but again, there's a change in that. And I think these kind of dialogues, uh, are, are, are morphing our society. And I know that's scary for some, but it's not, a, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yes, exactly. And, you know, for a long time, you don't, you know, even if you're, you know, heterosexual, um, married couple, you really don't talk about sex. You don't have the lights on. It's just for procreation. Um, or if you do have fun, you know, within your bedroom, you don't talk about it to your girlfriends. Um, and I'm hoping that even that is changing, um, which again, what I have is a sex towel, you know, it doesn't have to be in your face. It's just for cleanup. It's, it's beautiful. It's pleasurable. Um, but it's okay to have conversations about sex and sex cleanup. I've had so many girlfriends who didn't know what was going to happen on their wedding nights. Mm. Um, who then went, you know, after went to their mom and their mom's like, oh yeah, that happens. Or, oh yeah, you'll, you know, you get UTIs all the time. And like, well, why didn't you, t- why didn't you tell me beforehand or give me some pointers? Well, you just don't talk about yeah. that. And, no, why? <laughs> it's crazy. I know uh, last week tonight, uh, the, the last episode, John Oliver had this conversation about bias in medicine and specifically when it came to, to women. And he showed some old clips of like in the 1950s about the curse, you know, and like uh, this girl's on the phone talking to another girlfriend and they're supposed to be setting up a pool playpit. And she's like, I can't go because I have the curse this week, which means basically I'm out of contact with the rest of the world. And you think, well, that's just crazy. You know, you can certainly go swimming during your period. But the fact that this wasn't like 10,000 years ago, this wasn't 100 years ago. This was about, you know, 60 years ago. Right. And there's still a lot of, you know, mistruths out there. And and again, that's why we have to talk about things. Exactly. And they don't have to be awkward or uncomfortable, but you can have conversations and that's okay. And everybody can benefit from it. Most certainly. Well, uh, with that, I guess we're at the point where we've been here for a while and I could go on it for, and I hope we can do it again. Cause I think there's a lot here more to talk about, but you know, duties, other duties call. I, I wanted yes. to really quick end by asking you a question, you know, from the standpoint of if you were to reach out to you 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when you were, you were at a crossroads in life, what advice would you have as the woman that you are today, as the person that you are today, what would you have to tell that person who, or, or young person who is dealing, who, who has to make some tough choices about their life? What would you tell her? 
That is a really good question. I have so I have so many things like, oh, which one? <laughs> That's all right. Um, um, you know, one would certainly be because, you know, I was raised to be barefoot, pregnant in the kitchen would certainly be go to college. Um, it, it does make a difference. Um, but, you know, one would, would be to move away from family, you know, even if it had been for a year or two. Um, because it, it would have been amazing to move out of the culture that I was in and experience other people and life, um, and make, make connections with people in person in a new area, you know, having a fresh start rather than learning to do that now. And through the internet where I don't have the you know, face-to-face interactions that, that I would love to have. Um, so I think it definitely would have been, you know, move out of Kansas, move out of your small community, go live in the city, go start, go start talking to mm. people because there's amazing people. Neat. Well, you know, hopefully there's a, my hope with, with that kind of question is always that there's, there's, a, there, we have our analog somewhere else. Uh, some young person that is in that point in their life where they're just unsure and somehow they stumble across these recordings or these writings or these tweets or whatever you want to call them and it hits them right at you know at the right time and it aids them that's always my hope and uh and i and i think that um, if if somebody's out there who just heeds your message and your words and and your spirit and, and and they leave a lead a better life because of it i think that's that's terrific so anna ray where can people find you online so online on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at the companion, C U M P A I N P I O N. Don't worry, we'll have show <laughs> notes, but yes. Okay, yes, at the companion. Um, my website is by Anna Ray, B Y A N N A R A E. And I'm always up for chatting or direct messages. Terrific. And you can ship all over the, across the U.S. and internationally, I'm assuming? Yes. Yes, I can. Terrific. Well, Anna Ray, you have been a terrific uh, person to talk to. I, again, I, I can't thank you enough. And, and I will say that I was super nervous um, when we first started. Aww. Well, you're a big celebrity. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and I'm just a little, I'm just a little so old sweet. Hugo here. But no, this has been a lot of fun. I've certainly learned a lot. I hope everybody does. And by all means, uh, from what I've found, as long as you're respectful and you're kind, you're, you know, they can, they can text you, they can email, or they can tweet you, they can send you a message. Yeah. And, and you've always been very kind and responsive. So uh, terrific. With that, uh, we'll let it be. Thank you so much. Hugo, thank you. This has been such a pleasure. Have Same a great day. Peace. Thank you.